Welcome to the CrossFit Engage podcast. Our goal is to share with you the success stories of our community and how they're living longer, healthier, and happier lives. Here we go. All right, so I'm here with the new guy, Austin Bradley. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for coming on. Of course. Um, Austin, you have been – you're a transplant. Yes, sir. And you have transplanted from – Denver, Colorado. Denver. How yep. long were you in Denver? We were out there for a little over three years. Okay. Um, decided to make the move out here last fall. Best decision we ever made so far. Yeah. Colorado was great, but we've been coming out this way for a little while now, and it was something that we wanted to do professionally, personally. It's worked out great so far, so happy to be here. Love awesome. Dixon. Love the Nashville area. People are great. Scenery's great. Uh, I yeah. agree. This is, uh, this is you know, we've got a lot of people that are, that are starting to transplant from – you name it. They're they're all over. Sure. Um, and reportedly, even people that have lived all over or at least visited, like Dick Dixon, I, I use Dixon, Tennessee in general is probably one of the most beautiful places to live. Couldn't just, agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree from more. From just the, the landscape alone mm-hmm. um, that Tennessee has to offer. So um, being in Colorado or living in Colorado, having never visited there, I find that very hard to believe because I see pictures. I've got a buddy that just moved out there not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the places that he goes and the pictures that he sends or posts up that I see, incredible. Yes. Absolutely. Col- Colorado incredible. is beautiful. And you get all the seasons out there too. Yeah. So that, that helps a lot. So explain having lived there. What What is that like out there? Is it uh, – because Tennessee, we're known very, very humid. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of moisture in the air. So when it's cold, it's a wet cold right. and it's miserable. Right. Uh, and it gets really cold. And then, um, you know, when it's, when it's hot outside, it's also a very humid heat as well. So you're just sweating to death. Yeah. Um, and I have a buddy that also lives in Alaska and he was like, dude, like negative 10 or negative 20 out here is like you're 20 or 30 here. Yeah. It's just cause it's dry. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, but what's that like in Colorado? I uh, having the seasons is nice. I do miss that a little bit. Haven't been out here quite a full year yet, but being out here for the seasons, it's a little different. The snow takes a little bit of a toll on you, but it's not that many months out of the year. Uh, I'd say cold wise does get a little colder out there than it does here. Summer dry heat, a lot of wildfires out there during the summer, um, fall, beautiful. Spring, beautiful. A lot of activities to do during those season change, too. So, Yeah, I I know very little about Colorado because, like I said, I've never been. But yeah. I, I know it to be a very active population. There's a lot of things to do from a physical activity standpoint to, like, hunting Absolutely. And, and fishing, if you're into that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I, that varies, too, whether you're in the mountain community or kind of down in the Denver area. Um, I wouldn't say drastically, but there's – plenty to do whether you're denver mountains lots to do a lot of active people a lot of active communities right yep so you are and and i want to dive into this a lot more later on but you're you're a firefighter yes sir by by trade yep yep city of franklin and that's part of what brought us out here right so in colorado you were also a firefighter there i was what was what unit were you with so i was with city of aurora out there with a suburb of denver southeast of denver okay uh fairly large apartment uh busy very busy department, so got a lot of experience out there. Loved it out there, but this was the right move for us. Right. Yeah. Um, when you moved to Tennessee, what activities – let's just back up a little bit more. What yeah. activities were you into in Colorado? What were some of the things that you did outside of – you're a firefighter by trade, but what yeah. were some hobbies that you did? So starting here, obviously in this building, did um, a lot of physical activity out there, mountain biking, snowboarding, love snowboarding, hiking, and – kind of in and out of the CrossFit world. Um, then when we moved out here, that's what really got me into it. I feel like the community out here is a little bit stronger. Yeah. But back backtracking, uh, any, anything outdoors, man, out there, it's it's easy to do. The spring is great. The summer's great. Wintertime, there's a lot of activities. So anything outside, anything I do with the family, you name it, we're there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I yep. love it. I, I want to snowboard really, really bad. Yeah, you'd be good at it. And that's one of the – well, I don't want to say yes or no to that. But I <laughs> – I, uh, I've got friends that live in places where where it's very doable. I've just never made a trip to go out to do it. Yep. I've I've skied two or three times in my life, and going forward, your feet pointed forward, mm-hmm. and then having to and I know you like slalom, you know, like whatever to kind of 
cut and turn and all that kind of stuff. But to stop, we were always taught at that time to like pizza. Yeah. And I was like, the pizza where you angle the skis in. And I was right. like, this just doesn't make sense right. to me. Or you see a lot of that up there. Yeah. And and so with snowboarding, I feel like I'm going to translate better to that when I actually am able to go. Uh-huh. Because I have I grew up, I, I skateboarded for all recreationally. I was by no sense of the imagination good at any of this. But I, I skateboarded, wakeboarded, um, you know. So I feel like traveling forward with my feet facing in kind of the opposite direction i feel like i'm pretty good at that yeah you'll be fine you'll yeah. be fine snowboarding i think it's harder to learn and a lot of people will tell you this too it's harder to learn but once you get it you'll get better at it quicker okay that's what i've noticed um, with a lot of friends growing up skiing a little bit easier to learn but i i don't know i feel i see a lot of progression in the snowboarding quicker than i did this people okay. skiing. i don't yeah. know if that's because i was around more people snowboarding Maybe. But yeah. that progression, I felt like a little went a little bit faster. That, that's interesting. I like uh-huh. that. But yeah. but hopefully you're right because I would love to progress in that, and I'd love to be somewhere where that's some you know an activity that you can do on the regular, which Tennessee is not. No. So when you moved, you uh-huh. had those hobbies that you were outdoors. Yep. You know, did a lot of things there. Yep. Really coming to Tennessee, the only thing that I think you were able to maintain was crossfit yeah and we do have mountain biking here and i will say the mountain biking here is pretty good mountain yeah. might be relative sure uh, it's very different compared yep. to colorado but uh there's biking here for mm-hmm. sure we we have a really large uh cyclist community here um road bike primarily but um that's pretty big here as well but um tell me a little bit about that trans transition into you know tennessee and crossfit how Deep into that, were you there, and what was that like when you moved here? Sure. So I wasn't that deep into it out there in Colorado. It was kind of more of a side hobby, I guess, if you will. Didn't really have what I felt was a gym like I like we do uh, CrossFit Engage has here. It wasn't a community that I was being a part of. It was more tailored into what we were doing at work mm-hmm. or what I was doing on the side at home and our little garage gym that we had, right? The programming was all over the place. Uh, that transition out here – it helped dial it in a lot more to have that focus, to have that programming, to have consistent coaching. And honestly, it's been great. I haven't looked back since. I've only been doing it consistently now since, I want to say, the first of the year. And yeah. I can already tell the differences. Yeah. And that was yep. when you joined here, right? Yep. yep. The, here. Like, first exactly. The yeah. So I, I think that's very interesting. And that's something that I, I have a lot of conversations with people about is the difference between the garage gym mm-hmm. style setup. Yeah. Versus being in an actual affiliate. And the garage gym thing is, is great. And don't get me wrong. Like, I did that for the first probably six years that I did CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived with a, a buddy of mine who actually helped kind of train me up a little bit. Um, really kind of dialed in my, my technique and, and getting me a little bit stronger. And that was really cool. And I consider myself what I, w- what I would consider to be a little bit more highly motivated individual where I don't need a big push to go out and do something really hard. Same. Um, but even at that, and I have built a garage gym at my house and I have all the equipment, you name it, it's, it's at my house and I would just find it to be kind of a a daunting task, if you will, where it's like, it's just not as fun if you're not doing it with, with others, like-minded individuals. Completely agree. Even if you have a few that may show up here or there and they kind of, you know, they train with you and they're kind of on the same level. Um, like you said, the programming is kind of all over the mm-hmm. place and it's very inconsistent, um, because one person might be feeling some way, one way, one person might be feeling the next, or they don't want to do that for the day. They'd rather do this. And then there's like a lot of, you know, back and forth. And it's not really, you start finding yourself doing things if you make it out there. Cause I was like, I was going to touch on that. Yep. And, and yep. I want to touch on that a little bit more because yeah. mine was like probably 20 steps away. And I'd be like, ah, you know what? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that was mine. Mine was down the stairs into the garage. Yeah. And it was, it was that inconsistency of, oh, I'm going to go down there today and do this and down there and do that. And I was doing odds on off wall programming. Right. And yeah, that turns into, well, I'm just going to do some bench today. Or, <laughs> I'm not going to be held accountable for doing these movements, holding these standards, right, right, right? And, yeah. and you get you go down that rabbit hole, and you're not you're not in consistent programming and, like you are here, right? And that's something that's that I think is is lost is that yeah, it's convenient and yeah, it's uh, it's cool to kind of have your own setup, and I've got that as well. Um, but I tell people all the time, like you really find out what's between the ears. Oh yeah, 
Because when you're hurting and you're suffering in the garage, like, are you going to be the person that stops mm-hmm. and maybe takes an extra breath when you know that really the, the goal of the workout is to hold on? Yeah. Or are you going to drop the barbell just because it gets hard? Um, or are you going to keep pushing through? And yep. that's something that, like, when you have somebody beside you or if you have a coach looking at you or yelling at you, like, you're far less likely to actually give in to that. Yep. And your mind's going to end up winning that more so than – not. And it does. That's true. I I was there. I'd been yeah. there and and I'm not one for the big, you know, the big hoo yah, scream at you, yell at you, you right. can do it kind of thing. That that's not me. I feel me like either. I can yeah, right. I feel like I can dial that in myself. Uh-huh. But being here day in, day out with these guys and girls that we have here, I, it does go a long way. It you're going to you're going to hang on to that bar for one or two more reps. Yeah. You're going to do that extra 200 meter, 400 meter sprint, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're going to go for that extra 5 pounds. It's, it's going to happen here. Right. May or may not in the garage. Right, exactly. Yeah. And 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 oftentimes when you have that I don't want to call it defeat, but I guess I will for lack of a better word right now, is like when you're defeated in that moment and you do give in to that, that makes it less fun. You're like, ah, that really hurt. Like, I don't yeah. know if I want to do that again. And then before you know it, like I was going to mention a little bit earlier was like you start only doing the things that are fun to you. Yes. You start only doing the things that you're good at, that you know you can push really hard on, and you're not really pushing yourself to get better at the things that you're not as good at. And like you said, and I'm not a big, like, you know, screamer or yeller. Like, that doesn't really motivate me as much as I like to scream and yell at other people um, because internally I think I can do that myself, like you said. But – if I have somebody else beside me and I know that they didn't put that down, I'm also very competitive. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? I'm hurting really bad right now. Like yep. I, th- the last thing I want to do is this next rep, but I'm going to do it. Sure. Because the person beside me just did it. You sure. Know, male, yeah, male female, doesn't matter. Same. And I, I can't speak for everybody here, but it seems like a pretty common theme around here is people thrive off the competition yeah. side of it. Yeah. And I, I'd love that. I, Put huh. me in that situation day in, day out. Probably not going to win. I don't care. But if that competition level is there, it's just, just going to make everybody better. Right. It is. So, yes or no, was this the first affiliate that you've been a part of? Uh, no. Okay. Been a part of one other affiliate, and it was very very brief okay. um, out in Colorado. I want to say, don't hold me to this, maybe four four months, four, four or five months. And I was it was a little farther away from the house. So uh-huh. I was terrible at being – it's all on me, being inconsistent with it. I was only there a couple of days a week. Right. Just getting in when I can. Right, so. right. And your job, I mean, it's very demanding when you're there, when you're at work. Yep. And and you're not a guy that um, is foreign to hard work, to nope. training, and to really pushing yourself and both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. So and, – and I want to touch – we'll kind of go in the way back machine here in a little bit. And I want to touch on kind of where that came from. Yep. But the old affiliate that you were at Mm -hmm. for a little while, what was your introduction like there? What was like your aha moment where you were like, okay, I know that this is going to work best for me and what my life goals are with my career and all that kind of stuff. Sure. What was that like? That, so that aha moment for me was kind of what we just touched on actually was the level of competition that was there. Mm -hmm. I was way down at the bottom of that. Way, way down there. I mean, I'm still learning movements, right? Basic movement prep or getting ready to do that. And I I was like, how do I get to that level? Like, how do, how do I get to another level to help me perform better at my job, right? Just be more fit. And I think that moment came probably within the first two weeks that I was there. That first week, I was I was still kind of blown away at, like, at all the movements and how people are able to do this. Right. But then that second, that third week came along, and I was like, well, there it is. There's the standard. There's where you need to be. And something to strive for. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's a valuable point is, like, you're very good at holding a standard. Mm-hmm. You're very uh, – you have a lot of integrity, I would call it. And it's something that's refreshing. But knowing that, you're not, you're not cocky about it. You're not overly confident. And oh, this thank, is something that, thank you. that we, we kind of joke about a lot. Because I think it's, it's – you're, you're a fit dude. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll – <laughs> I'll vouch for you on uh, that. You've got a long way to go. You're a fit dude, but you're also very, very humble. Um, also refreshing. When you came in here, you had done CrossFit before. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you have a very physically demanding job, which we'll touch on a lot more. And you also have a pretty extensive background 
in terms of what you did before you became a firefighter, which I want to dive into. Sure. Um, that required you to be very physically and mentally fit. Yep. Right. Both. Yep. But when you started here with us and I was, I told you, I was like, Hey, you know, we intro everybody the same foundations. Like even though you'd done CrossFit for four months somewhere else, what was your mindset like when you knew that was kind of the introduction here? And how did you approach handling that knowing that you were already what I would consider pretty good coming in here already? You got to earn it. You got to come in here and earn it. You got to walk through that door and earn every workout that you're doing, all the coaching that you were providing, the conversations that we were having, right? That's your time. That's your time that you were providing. Mm. And when you, you don't, nobody owes you anything when you walk in these doors. So why not give it your best every single time you walk in there? I love that. Right. You, you have to first time. Hundredth time, thousandth time, doesn't matter. Yeah. Gotta earn it. Yeah, I, yep. I agree. And the, you know, we have this ten thousand rep rule where, like, really, you're not good at or or perfect at anything until you've done ten thousand reps of sure. it. Whether it's the first time that you've heard, you know, what CrossFit actually is defined in front of you, or if it's the twelve thousandth time that you've heard it. Like, you're still growing and you're learning and you're understanding of what's going on here, and that that understanding only deepens your ability to be able to perform here. Yes. And to be coachable and to pick up on some of these small little nuanced things that you're like, oh, that was that was why this was so difficult for me in the past because I didn't have this element, you know, in place and they were able to provide that. So starting off here, having the background in CrossFit that you did, mm -hmm. your transition in here was a lot smoother. I mean, you like I said, you're pretty good coming in. Um what has your experience been like so far with the growth that you've seen since you started at CrossFit Engage from the old gym? It's been night and day different. It's been great. And I, I'm going to attest a lot to it on the uh, on the programming side of things. Mm -hmm. Really big fan of the programming here and the coaching here. Uh, it's helped me come a long way because there's still movements that I'm I'm working on every movement still. Yeah. So that, that progression, that day-to-day -day progression – the strength cycles, the gymnastic work, it really helps me, it helps me go a long way. So, yeah. And, and I'll say that, you know, we're all still working on that. Oh, mys yeah. Myself included. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody. But, uh, I think what, what's allowed you to see really big strides in, in your growth here. And the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because we've been able to experience that growth with you. And it's something that, uh, is, is really cool to watch. It's very rewarding for us, but, uh, your ability to be coachable, like I said, you were not a terrible athlete coming in. You were not a terrible mover coming in. And you have probably one of the best mindsets that we've seen coming in in terms of your approach towards training well, in thank general. You. Thank you. And your understanding of your goals and what this may or may not be. You're right. You know? And that's another thing. You touched on that when you walked through that door that first time. You got to be coachable. Right. You can't come in here. I mean, and what's the point? Right. If you if you're coming in here, you're not being coachable. We're not learning anything. We're not moving well, and we're we're not going to get anywhere. So right, that I, that coachable aspect is is huge. It's huge. I I agree. So I want to I want to go in the way back machine a little bit more. Okay. I want to kind of uh, I want you to tell kind of what your background is, kind of how you got to where you're at now, and real really what I'm referring to is. Um, your military career. Yeah. So you were in the military. Yes, sir. You were in the service. Yep. And we thank you for that. Yeah. Um, talk to us about what that was like. What what made you decide to go the military route? Yep. What branch were you a part of? And I know most of the answers to this, but, sure. but I want you to kind of tell our listeners. What, Absolutely. What branch were you a part of? What what was your job? What was your career there? What, sure. What was all that training like? There? Sure. So starting before, actually even before that, um, out of high school. Um, it's, I did two years of community college in Colorado, went to Red Rocks community college out there. Um, knew the fire world was kind of be the, kind of the route for me. At least I thought I did right away. Right. Coming out of high school, you know, I know everything. who knows. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So did the two years of community college there in the fire science program. I actually graduated from that, uh, with a fire science degree, uh, associates in fire science was still real young. Uh, I was just, I think I just turned 20, right. 19, 20 years old. Mm. And had no business being in a part of a professional organization as a firefighter. I, had, had a little bit of the knowledge rights and basic certifications, but 
had no ma- mental maturity, had no business. At 19, at, 18 yeah. or 19, I didn't have any mental maturity Exa- at all either, Exactly. So I get it. And, and at the time, you know, you get mad. You're not getting hired on with a career organization. But now looking back at it, I fully understand why. Mm-hmm. So kind of weighed that – I weighed that aspect of it. I was like, I, the military had always been something that was on my mind. And if I was going to do it, it was going to be something, you know, that I wanted to physically and mentally push myself towards. So went, uh, went the Navy route, uh, went the special boat operator. I was a SWIC, um, team 12 out, uh, special boat team 12 out of Coronado, just out of San Diego. So cool. Beautiful place to be. Um, signed up for that. Uh, got fortunate, made it through all the training and everything. First try, uh, selection and all that. So it was, Definitely physically demanding, right? Even more mentally demanding. I, yes. And I think not really knowing a lot about it when I went in there actually helped me. And then when I got to boot camp and then got out to Coronado for training, being surrounded by so many like-minded individuals, like some of the most badass guys, right? That you could oh, yeah. put yourself around. Right. Uh, it it really shows when you get out to a community like that, and and that's where I think that first drive that initiative of the competition and the being held to a higher standard really hit home for me mm-hmm. and ever since then it was uh 2012 uh it was let's see, it was late summer early fall 2012 and the rest was history did yeah. it uh 2012 uh to 2018 okay um decided to get out in 2018 may of 18 and then i went straight back into the fire world okay um and while i was in i had uh, got my bachelor's degree Okay. Through the, uh, t- I forget what they call it now. It's it's got to be something different, but it's the tuition assistance program. Nice. Um, did uh, completed that in, so that had a little bit gave me a little bit leg on getting in. Um, obviously, the mental maturity was there after six years and right. holding that standard for so long, physically, mentally, uh, yeah. it all it all came full circle coming back into the fire world. So, right. It helped yeah. out a lot. It did. Yep. So I want to let's let's back that up a little bit more. I, w- I sure. want to go back because you said you were. Um, you were swig. Yep. Um, tell the people what that is who may not know, because largely when people hear, you know, you go into the Navy. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind is, is SEALs. Sure. So tell them what the difference is between the two and what your job specifically was. Sure. So SWIC, Special Warfare, Combatant Craft Crewman, Special Boat Operator, um, anytime in, or anything in the maritime domain, um, SWIC handles, insert and expert. Excerpt of all um, SF's forces that can include anybody from MARSOC to SEALs to Rangers, anybody, you mm-hmm. name it. Um, it's got a lot to do with uh, mobility platforms as well mm-hmm. through um, ground mobility and obviously the maritime mobility that I was saying. Right. A uh, lot of other aspects of the job that kind of touches on everything in the special operations world. Uh-huh. Um, every Everything from, you know, small drones to um, smaller boats, right? right? We can get our hands on that and be very efficient at it. Uh, loved every aspect of it. I think the variety of everything really challenged me as well. Yeah. I, not just having, you know, one specific thing. Right. Being, having that variety was, was great. So, right. and the SWIC pipeline, very different than the SEAL pipeline. There's some similarities in the beginning, but those, those guys, they're a whole nother level, right? Oh, yeah. They go down there, down their pipeline and we, we have our own, uh, they're both located in Coronado. Uh-huh. Um, don't get me wrong. SWIC, no joke. You know, yeah, a, like I said, some 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 studs coming oh, out, yeah. coming oh, out of sure. coming out of there. Love and respect those guys with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, yeah. So no, uh, what what was the hell week like for you guys? Uh, well, it's not. Track? It's they don't call it a hell week. It's the tour for us. Okay. Uh, it's not as long, uh, but it's it's physically demanding, even more mentally demanding. You're out in the cold water, uh-huh. right? You're out on the beach. Uh, Getting, getting are, after it. You got are, your buddies are, there. Are we allowed to say sugar cookie? Is that uh, yeah? That's did, a thing. Did, did yep. you get sugar cookie? That's that's a. I can't remember if it was a different term or not. Uh, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Rolling What's around in the sand, laying, wet. laying in the surf. You're wet. Twenty. You're wet the whole time. Yes. Your boots are wet the whole time. Yeah. Right. You're chafing from your wetsuits. It's it's pretty miserable. And, and you know, I like to think that I'm a uh, a pretty mentally tough individual when it comes to the, you know. Doing physically brutal tasks. Yeah. And I think that's where I would call it. I, I don't know that I would have the mental fortitude to be able to withstand the, the chafing. Yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, I've heard stories serve. of, and you probably have actually seen and maybe lived the stories of guys bleeding through their boots. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and yep. through all their gear and their equipment and stuff. And yeah. 
It just doesn't yeah, sound like that's for me. No, it, but I go back to it, man. You got your you got your guy on your left. You got your guy on your right. Nobody's got it easier, right? That's they're, true. They're going through the same thing you are. They're cold. They're wet. They're tired. Yeah. Everybody wants to go home. Everybody wants to, to call it quits, but they don't, right? You're doing yeah. it for that guy on your left. You're doing it for your guy on the right. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's so admirable. And, and something that, uh, you know, Josh Bridges. Yes. Games athlete. Yep. SEAL, former yep. SEAL, yep. Uh, was in – he was instructed by uh, Castro as a SEAL instructor. Uh, but nonetheless, he said, you know, one thing that really kept him going throughout the the SEAL training and the – you know, more specifically the Hell Week was that one piece of advice that he received is nobody can control time. Correct. Couldn't agree the, more. One thing that you cannot stop is time. Yep. But but it is going to stop. There is an end. There is an end. Yes. And, and yep. every second that you're in it, you're a second closer to the end. Yes. You know, and so eventually you're going to get to the end, and then that payoff is going to be so worth it once you actually it is. graduate. Yep. Every, every it's not going to last forever, right? Yeah. You're going to yeah. be in the water. You're going to get out. You're going to go for a run. That run's going to end. Uh-huh. Same thing. You go for a swim. That swim's going to end eventually, right? right? Yeah. So. so the chafing part for me, being sugar cookies, would probably be where I call it. What was the closest that you feel like you came to being like this really sucks, or what was the worst part of the tour for you? Uh, there was a there was a couple. Uh, one of them I don't really remember, but the boys <laughs> the boys will tell you about it. I was uh kind of hallucinating during a little paddle that we do. Uh huh. Uh, I guess I was going in and out. In, any purple elephants on the on the shoreline? There could have been. Yeah, might have been some cold beers on the shoreline too. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, that that got that got that got to me. I'm not saying it, you know. Mentally, I was I was done, right? I just that that physically, I probably the second or third night, we that was it. Mm. Um, and then, <laughs> one. This is gonna sound weird, but we we used to have to take these. Um, we would do charting, right? Uh-huh. Um, for navigation plan, uh, planning the routes we were taking. Right. Uh, one of these day, one of the days we actually had to. We were getting our butt kicked on the beach. Um, and we we were wet, sandy, cold. We had to go take this test like that. We we were uh, we we were over our desk taking take like shivering and all yeah, that. And shaking. and I was like, I can't think. I I cannot <laughs> think right now to be able to to answer these questions. They were basic questions, I'm sure. I don't I don't even remember them. But at, I do remember that moment. I was like, why? What am I doing? Yeah. How do how do I? But as as I was saying earlier, I look up. Everybody's around you. Yeah. Everybody's cold and tired and doesn't want to be doing that but you just get through it man yeah you get through it and next thing you move on to the next event that's very cool yeah that's very cool uh i've always wanted to try to just see if i could withstand a week of testing like that yeah you could physically and mentally yeah. both because i feel like the commonalities while the risk is not there like it isn't you know if, if you're actually in the military and that's your career and yep you know, and or maybe on the field, you know, life and death. It's that the risk is not there. But just to see if the training and what we go through mentally with within CrossFit and if I could draw like so in CrossFit we say often that we have ten general physical skills that we train every single day. If I could redraw that, I would I would say that there should be eleven. Okay. And I would say that mental toughness would be one of them. Oh, for sure. Because no. the workouts that we do is no secret that it's brutal. Yep. But the commonalities that I envision are are between CrossFit and that style of, you know, training and prep work for the, for the tour that you did. Yep. Would be very similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, I can kind of relate it to that. Like, uh, I don't want to go too far, but yet like yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like it's a seven minute workout, man. Yeah. Seven, eight minutes. You, you would think, Oh yeah, we can get through that. No problem. Right. But it's one of those things you get a couple minutes into it and you're standing over that bar, pull up bar, barbell. Yeah. No, it's that it's, mental. It's that mental aspect. Are you gonna keep going, or or are you right. gonna stop? And that's what my I get into this little mode, and it just it just clicks, man. And I I just thrive in that. Yeah. And I like to think I do, right? Uh, I can vouch that you do. Yeah. I, uh, I I just it just goes into that to that whole world. Um. I, and I just I just addicted to it. Yeah. 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 There's a lot worse things to be addicted to. Though. Yeah. That's the good oh, news. Yeah. yeah. But but I can speak for that too, because like when you're in the moment, it's kind of like. It's very hard to explain mm-hmm. because you feel like you're dying, but at the same time, you're like, I can, I can push this, you're not. you know, like you're not. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And very similar to, you know, the training that you described, uh, being in the tour with a swick is like, there's people to your left, there's people to your right. right. And that's something that I think about often when I am able to take a class or something is like, I'm pushing pretty hard and I mean, I'm competitive. Like I'd like to come in first in the workout, whatever it is, but uh, at the same time, it's like I still 
just because I'm in an affiliate and just because I'm surrounded by people doesn't mean that that conversation of like, I want to stop stops happening. It's still, it's still there, Yep. but you're way less likely to let your mind win that when there's people around you. And so when I look around, I'm like, man, like you said, yesterday's workout, because I did it with the class. And for anybody who doesn't know, by the time we're recording this, um, yesterday's workout was, I call it Fran's ugly sister. But it was 21 <laughs> You're not wrong. Nine. You're <laughs> not wrong. It was 21 9, thrusters, uh, burpees over the bar, and chest-to-bar pull-ups. Right. And the goal time frame for that was about five to seven minutes. And by rep, like 11 of the first round of thrusters, I wanted to stop. Yeah. I really, I want, I was like, this is so stupid. Uh, like it, it hurts really bad, but at the same time, my mind didn't win that one. And I kept going and I kept pushing because the people beside me were also good. And, and that's kind of, I think the big takeaway in terms of the mindset is like, you are just far less likely to let that that conversation play out and let your your mind win that sure yep and mindset i mean we could transition to that too yeah. uh mindset that's a hu- how big is that right it's huge it's huge day-to-day life doesn't have to be just in here no it's it's day-to-day it's at your job it's at home with your family yes and it's in the gym yeah it's it, huge and you know like you said transitioning to that we yeah. have everything that we do in crossfit and the reason that we do what we do and why we train the way that we do is to literally make our lives outside of these four walls better yes easier yes yep the hardest thing that you do every single day should be what happens inside of these four walls Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because if you train that way and we call it preparing for the unknown and the unknowable you are far more likely to be prepared and ready for anything that happens outside of these four walls yes and whether it's on the job for you or whether it's with your family because you've you're a family guy you've got a a wife and a daughter yes sir sage is incredible by the way man how she is. She? She's, she's amazing. Three? She's three. Three. She's and three. She's every bit of three too. Every Boy, bit I'll of tell three. You. Yes. And uh, loves to dance. Yep. Loves to sing. And uh, does she sing? She no. doesn't. No. She no, doesn't. She's dance. She, she draws a lot. Yes. She loves draws drawing. a lot. She's very high. Very high energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keeps you busy. Oh yeah. And then you have another one on the way. Due October. October. Yep. Coming up fast. Another one. Another two, little girl. Two. Yes. Two in the house. Yeah. They're gonna be just alike. That's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, so. The point being is that by training that way, you are able to provide and care for your family a lot better. I agree. Right? Yep. And, it, and if something were to, heaven forbid, but if something was to happen or whatever, and and you had to sprint to them or you had to pick them up and carry them out, you know, yep. or, or for whatever reason, you're able to do stuff like that. Yeah. Because you've been training that way in here. And that's not like you're not training, preparing for that to happen. But if it does... You're right. ready for that. Yep. And it and training like that happens at work, right? Right. Or, or excuse me, that happens at home. That could for me that could very easily happen at work as well. A hundred percent. So being yep. a firefighter, let's talk a little bit about that. Yep. That is a very physically demanding job. Yep. And and I'm all I'm usually always kind of shocked by the lack of priority around physical preparedness for for people in that in that career in that space. And it's I, there. And, I, and I'm yep. not speaking for everybody. I mean I'm I'm generalizing here. Yeah. Because there's a lot that are prepared, and there's a lot that take it very seriously. Yes, there's a lot that are. are very fit. Yep. I also see a lot that don't, and that kind of a, alarms me a little bit. Yep. You know, to a certain degree. It because, is. It's, because it's worrying, be, right? Because your job is you're a first responder. Yep. And when you show up on the scene, usually it's not for a good reason. Yeah. And usually you have to execute. There's, yes. There's a mission, and it's usually – providing some type of safety procedure or tactic for someone carrying them to safety or getting them out of a tight spot or, you know, whatever. And you can't do that if you're not prepared for that. And you can't do that if you're not currently taking care of yourself. Yep. So tell me a little bit about how you've noticed the, the translation of your training in CrossFit over to your actual day-to-day job, which is being a firefighter. Sure. So, I mean, you kind of hit it with all those with listening it there with a certain tactic right doesn't have to be a burning building it could be a car wreck it could be somebody that needs help on a you know a simple medical call and varying those movements it it changes from call to call so varying them in here it's no different than varying it on the call at 8 a.m in the morning or three o'clock in the morning right right the the next day so i think having that preparedness having that that mental aspect of it 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 goes a long way. It, yeah. really, it really does. Yeah, and it, 
Go no, ahead. no, no. I was gonna, I was just gonna say I, there's there's a lot of you know like communities out there that are, are focusing on firefighter fitness for first responder fitness as a whole, right? Right. I love it. I I think it's a great transition. I, I it's I'd say it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. There is kind of still that old mentality out there. You know, we're there if if you need us, but there's there's nothing more than that, right? Right. I I think these communities that are out there now that are striving to hold people accountable and hold them to these standards. I, I, I think it's phenomenal. You yeah. know, it's, I, there's a community out there that I follow and I love every aspect that they preach. And they simply say it's unprofessional to show up out of shape. Yeah. It's just, it's just unprofessional, right? Yeah. You call us to do a certain task. We better be able to perform at, at yeah. a very high level. Yeah. Yep. And, and now we, f- we throw that risk factor back in of now it is life and death for someone and, sure. and arguably maybe even both individuals. Yes, if absolutely. you're not very fit, yep. if you're not prepared physically and mentally to be able to handle the job that's in front of you to guide someone to safety or to get them out of, you know, like we said, a tight spot or mm-hmm. a burning building or whatever it is. Now both lives are at risk. And, and I agree, and I think it is unprofessional, and I think it's, I think it's sad mm-hmm. uh, if, if you don't prioritize that, being in that role and being in that position. And, and hopefully nobody views it this way, but uh, I, I hear a lot that, like, firefighters are just kind of a cush job. Like, yeah, you work 24 hours a day, but you don't really do anything unless you're on call. And then, and then I think the lack of understanding of what's required of you when you are on call, because you don't even know what that is. Right. You have no idea what call is coming in. You have no idea what you're about to face, but you try to prepare for it the best that you can. Exactly. And you just hit it on the head right and, there. And That's if you don't and you're not ready for that, you know, again, I think because people kind of view it that way, and I'm not – and, again, I'm generalizing. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I know there's yeah. a lot no, of people. I get it. Absolutely. And we have a deep respect for the firefighter community here as well. Oh, yep. Yeah. But we care enough to be able to say, like, hey, if you're not prioritizing that by doing something physically active, you're kind of you're kind of neglecting those that you're serving. Yes, couldn't agree more, hundred percent. And that's what I've we've heard that as well. And there's different there's different crews at different different fire halls throughout the country, right? Yeah. But my crew in particular, and I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by these type of individuals my whole career, whether it's military career or fire career. We're not we're not just sitting around waiting for that call, right? We start our day off with training. We'll do training throughout the day, continuing education, pulling stuff off the rig, pulling hose, throwing ladders, whatever that is. We're doing that daily. Yeah. It's not it's not something we're doing once a month, right. every other month just to knock the rust off, right? We're doing that almost every single day. Right. So surrounding yourself with people who want to do that, people who want to train, it turns into a community. It turns into a whole firehouse now with that same mentality. And that's what we're all that's what we're all striving for, right? Yeah. We're all striving to be the best firefighter we can. Yeah. And put that put that whole word out to everybody, right? Yeah. And I almost think that with that mindset too, that like when you're striving to be better and when you have a group and, and you know, a crew that's striving to be get better together, um, you have no excuse not to. Exactly. Yep. Because if you're not on call, you're not doing anything. Yeah. Really, and, yeah. and, and I mean, you are because if you prioritize being better, you've got tons to do. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping the shop clean and yes. maintaining the equipment, and, yep. and and making sure that you know, hey, if you guys have any problems with anything, but you know, you're teaching each other certain things, and and you're growing together. Yep. But if you're not, just because you're not on call, yeah, what what are we doing? Exactly. Know? Yep. What are we doing? And so. that that comes back down to what what we were just talking about: surrounding yourself with those individuals yeah. that that they're holding that standard. Right. I, I keep saying it. I'm a big, you, you have to, I know you have to stay here. Right. Because yeah. it's so easy to get complacent and fall down those, those yeah. holes and just let the day to day kind of get to you. But something that I think is very cool too. And, and we've had a lot of, a lot of discussions about this, but I think it's very unique. And I only say unique because I, I haven't heard anybody else that does this and, and it might be a common thing. I don't mm-hmm. know, but to me it's unique is that the crew that you work with, you guys even, like, pitch in and help cook for each other. Oh, all the time. Like, you've got a guy there that loves to cook. We and do. So not only are you guys, you know, preparing yourselves physically and, and mentally with, you know, your procedures and stuff like that and your training, but you're also taking care of your bodies along the way from an internal standpoint. Right. From, from the nutrition as well. Yep. And that's big for a lot of guys there too, right? Because 
Because it's very easy to just call something. It in is. And, it is. And, and and trust me, we it happens to everybody. The days get yeah. away sometimes. But when you have a crew that's dedicated to that, and you know, we're blessed enough to have somebody that really enjoys it there. Yeah. We all, we all, you know, everybody offers to help, but that's part of that part of that community. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's so good. That's so cool. Yeah, it's great. What's been kind of the 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 biggest shift for you, or when you kind of similar to like when you knew that CrossFit was going to be good for you for your career field and what you do, you know, being a firefighter. Yep. When you were on the field in firefighting, like when you got on a call, yep. what was like a call? And you don't have to tell us the specific call, but when was the moment where you're like, okay, now I know that the training I've been doing in CrossFit has actually helped me prepare for this a little bit better. Sure. So I'm going to go before any call actually. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to my first Academy. Okay. So, First week is it's pretty easy, right? You're just getting the feel for everything. But as you ramp up, that you get into some pretty, some more advanced training. That's where it, that's where for me it clicked. Like I need to be as physically fit as possible to be able to do any task on the fire ground. So in academy, you'll do you'll you'll go throw ladders, you'll go pull hose, you'll crawl through spaces. That all requires some level of physical fitness. And when you incorporate all of that together in long days, doing them over and over and over again. That's where that's where it translates to here. Yeah. So like before any call, it was, hey, you need to get it together on on the drill ground before you even think about getting it together on yeah. a real call where, yeah. where it counts. Right. Yeah. Where where seconds seconds matter. Yeah. So the academy for me was was the big wake up. call. What's the, what's the uh, what's the quote where it's like, hey, it's it's better to bleed in training than on the on the battlefield. Is that is that something it? like that? Yeah. Oh, know. yeah. I'm not good at uh, quotes. Yeah, but. totally. And there's speaking of quotes, there's another one where you you rise to your, you don't you rise to your lowest level of training or highest level of training. Yeah, right. That yeah. that that one that one couldn't be more true as well. I agree. I agree. Um, so uh, let's let's keep on with this mindset thing a little bit more because yep. we've had a lot of conversations recently regarding competition, and I want to address the fact that competition. Is something that we both love. Yes, and we've had yes. so many conversations yes. about this. And I think for us, it's one of the one of the main driving factors for why we do what we do, outside of just understanding that we're preparing ourselves for everyday life, whether yep. it's for our career or for our families or or whatever, or so that we live longer, healthier, happier lives too. But the competition is what makes it fun for us. Yep, we have talked extensively about our belief in that. The competition is just something that we love. It's not something that we get caught up taking ourselves too seriously in. Right. And at the end of the day, we're both very realistic in terms of like, we may not be the best out there. No. Arguably, no. we're just trying not to be the worst out That's there. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> all we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, we're there to have fun. Yes. We're there to see. We're there to push the envelope a little bit and just kind of see what we're capable of. Yep. But – the expectations of, of winning anything for me are long gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. For, for me, that's not a priority in my life right now. That's not something I'm willing to dedicate or nor do I have the time to dedicate a whole lot of, of time to, uh, to that amount of training. And at the end of the day, come Monday morning, I got to get up and go back to work just like everybody else. Right. And that's what we talked about after this. So we just did, uh, for me, the first competition. I did it with uh, Mr. Will Spear. Which you killed it, by the way. Well, thank you. You you and Will were a powerhouse. That was was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yes. But we we both were like, we're going to go into this. We're going to compete. Yes, it's the scale division. We understand that, but <laughs> don't tell us that, right? right it's it's yeah. we're, this is the first time we've ever done anything like that. Right. But we went in there, we competed, and you know it ended. We did. I think we did a little bit better than I than I thought than we thought we were going to do. Uh-huh. And Monday, like you just said, Monday morning came. He went to work. I went to work. You know, I'm still do, got the dad hat on. Yeah. Got the firefighter hat on, and yep. we come back here and keep training. That's yep. that's the best the best part of it. Yeah, and and not to so it's it's very like you have to be at a very. Uh, you have to have very honest conversations with yourself when you draw this line between competition and then real life. Yes. Because competition is, yes, it's something that we love and it's something that we're, we, we're kind of drives us to want to be better. And we're still pushing to be better. doesn't mean that we want to, we're just like, ah, well, we'll just go see what happens. Like, no, we're trying, you know, but within the realm of we're also not making it the biggest priority of our life either. Right. And we're still striving to get better and we're still building a hedge of fitness on, over our life, you know, over our, our 
health, basically, which we deem as fitness over time. Um, but at the same time, we don't have very high expectations either. No. You know, no. And, and realistically. And on it, and that's come for me. That's come with a little bit of age, too. Yeah. Like if, you know, I'd say five, six years ago, it's, oh, it's, it's to be at the top, right? Yeah. That, yeah. No, realistically. Now with everything else going on, yeah. and and I think I can speak for a, for a lot of people here. You there's can a, speak for me. I'll there's a you. lot of stuff going on outside those doors oh, for yeah. a lot of people. Oh, yeah. right. So when we come in here for that hour, we're gonna compete. We're gonna throw down. It's gonna be in it, the best to do the best for ourselves. Yeah. Right. To get more fit. To whether it's our hour of the day where we block everything out. That's what we're doing. Yeah. It's for to be better version of ourselves. Yeah. So I agree, and I and I I kind of very jokingly. I tell people all the time, like, I, my expectations for myself are so low yeah. that it, it doesn't mean I don't hold myself to a high standard, but my expectations are very low. And that way, when I go in and I don't win, I'm like, I'm not upset about it. But if I go in and I do better than I thought, I'm like, let's, let's freaking But go. don't tell me there's not that little urge, yeah. like, oh, damn, I didn't win, right? Yeah. I, yeah. No, no, that, I, that's there. It doesn't mean that I'm not still competitive. Yeah, that's there. It doesn't mean that we're like uh, – like I'll use an example. We competed against another team uh, from CrossFit Engage. We were in the same heat, and there's still that that like you still want to be better. Oh yeah, you you're peeking over better. your shoulder. And and let me be yeah. honest, I love these two individuals a lot, um, and and I wish them the best. And I was so happy to be able to share the floor with them, and I was very proud of them. Yep, they showed up. They handled their stuff on the floor. They handled their business off the floor in a manner that displayed character, um, that displayed that they had uh, gratitude towards all the athletes on the floor, all the coaches, all yes. the, all the yes. judges and everybody. Yep. Um, I was very, very proud of that. But there was one particular event that we came off the floor and they were like, hey, what'd you get? And we told them what we got and they were like, yeah, got you by one. That happened to us And too. I was like, yeah. son of a – Yeah. Like – I want. I was like, let's go. Let's go back out on the floor. Yep. You know, like yeah. let's, let's see if you can do it. But twice. how great is that, right? Yeah. How how great is that? So I it love that. it was cool. It was fun, but at the same time, it's like you can't you can't slack off either. No. You know, but no. uh, this no. community doesn't let you slack off. No, they do not. Yeah, they, hold they, you, they hold you accountable to it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're incredibly blessed to have the people that we have here, and and everybody here is so motivational towards each other and they're so supportive towards yes. each other and yep. i think that's something that's very unique about this community here specifically is that we we all want to beat each other mm -hmm. but at the end of the day when it's all over and the dust is settled we're all still really close yes and and we all you know love each other and we're all super proud of each other but that doesn't mean that that one rep doesn't kind of get under our skin oh like yeah that. That's yeah. what makes it so it's good, like, though. That's what I'm, makes it so I'll good. See you, I'll see you in the event, too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. see what you got on that one. Right. Bring it. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, and I think it's fun to have that kind of friendly competition, and I think that's really what uh, – it, it, it's refreshing. It makes it makes you not take your training as serious. Yeah. And know? and we've talked about it before. I kind of wanted to talk with you here about it, too, is yeah. everybody here – we're checking that ego at the door, man. 100%. Right? Which I, I think I th I think that is something that's so great here. We check that at the door. We come in here. We get better. Everybody gets better. We push each other to get better. Yeah. That ego's gone. You, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna come. Yeah. Right. With that consistency and that you're gonna see progression. It, it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. Yes. And I've already in the short time that I've been here, I've seen it, and I I couldn't be happier with it. I love and that. And love seeing everybody else achieve those results. Yeah. It 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 makes me so happy. Yeah. And yeah. I can tell you that. I think the only way that you're not going to see those those type of results from training with a community that's only here to support you yep. is if you don't check that ego at the door. Yep. If you have that ego, you carry that with you into the door, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter what the coach said. I'm going to try this today, or I'm going to do this, or whatever. You are setting yourself up for a very long and hard road ahead yes. because the coaches and the members are only there to, to push you in the direction that they know is safe and then in the direction that they know is going to progress you the most. And that's all they're there to do. And that's it. That's their number one priority. Right. And if you carry that with you into the door, we see a far greater uh, risk of injury mm -hmm. goes through the roof. And we see a much shorter lifespan of, of participating in CrossFit because then it becomes not fun because you're continuously beating yourself into the ground. You get very, very beat up both physically and mentally, and that takes a toll, you know. But if you check that at the door, like you said, yep. and you're just here to show up, have fun, 
do what the coach tells you to do, high five some friends and try to make yourself a little bit better every single day, you're going to have a freaking blast. Couldn't agree more. And that's where the results are going to come from. Yep. I can see I mean, I'm telling you, I can see it. Yeah. I've seen it in the – I just said the short time that, that I've been here, I can see it with just about everybody that comes that comes through there. It's yeah. great. It's great to see, man. I great love it. See. I love it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to probably uh, – we're going to put a bow on this. Let's do it. Um, but I yeah. got a couple of questions for you before we go. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. We've kind of scrambled this thing all around. But but you're – We always there's, do. There's a lot to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Uh, what is – probably the biggest lesson that you feel like you have learned since you joined here at CrossFit Engage? Being able to, and you're probably going to have to edit this a little bit because I don't know the proper uh, terminology, no, but the, the knowing your limits on the, on the workouts bef- before you, how to properly attack it, right? How to scale it, where to scale it, what that best option is. I have no issue scaling workouts at all. Yeah. So I, like I, trust said, me. That ego's Z- at the door. Oh, it's gone, man. I'm, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> so that that is a big lesson that I've learned. And honestly, man, it's it's paid off for me in the long run because I've been able to hit these benchmarks, right? Hit the timelines, maybe get an additional few reps. And I think that over the long term has helped me become a little bit better. Yeah. So that that to me I feel like is something that I've been able to drastically improve on. And that comes with the being being coachable, right? Like, yeah. hey, man, I, probably not going to want to do this. Right. And probably, I mean, don't. Please don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So don't do this. Do that instead. Yeah. Check. Got it. Yeah. It's going to help me in the long run. I'm going to move better. I'm going to be, be more efficient at right. it. Right. And, and I'll yeah. say, you know, and I'll speak on your behalf as well, is like you're you're a good athlete. You are a really good athlete. And I think a lot of times we find – we tell you all the time, like, you underestimate yourself. And I think you're almost humble to a fault. Actually, maybe, but, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good thing because you're yep. a lot more coachable that way. But I will say that a lot of times I'll come by and I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. And you're like, dude, just tell me not to do it. Please. And I'm like, you're not going to hurt my feelings, hey, man. by the way. Yeah. Don't do this. That's yeah. A, that's a really bad idea, actually. Yeah. Uh, but but again, it's only to keep you safe. It's only to make you better. It's only to give you the skills that you need so yes. that you can be better. Exactly. And I, I respect that and appreciate that more than you know. Yeah. Trust, more and, than you and, know. And uh, speaking on the coach's behalf as well, being coachable is something that we respect and, yeah. and we admire a lot about our athletes. And yeah. it's, it's all that we ask, actually. Yep. Um, all right. The next question. Yep. What is one thing that you want to achieve in the next six months? And this does not have to be fitness related. It could be anything. It can be fitness related. It doesn't have to be. Oh, What's one thing you want to achieve in the next six months? Oh man, I think it's just it's stay stay committed. It's got to be stay committed to the. I'm going to relate it to fitness. Okay. Just part wearing the walls here. So stay committed to the programming. Trust the process. Right. Stay, obtain those goals that I have. Um, yeah, just that's it. Keep the head down. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Consistency, yeah. man. Consistency. It's, it's a far bigger lesson that I don't think uh, enough people learn. Sure. You know, and if they do, they resist it. Yep. Is trusting the process. And then once you learn that, like, hey, this is what got me to this point, I yeah. wonder how much further it's actually going to get me if I start following the program the way it's written and the way it's meant to be designed while being coachable. And, that, the way. and that's something that, honestly, I've never done. Like, let's, like, say a six, six month time frame, like, yeah. like you asked, right? Stick yeah. to that consistent process of it. Go through that grind, which I love. That's yeah. a whole. That's another topic, but yeah. stick to that grind and uh-huh. see where it takes you. Yeah, that'll be that'll be something new for me. So love it, yeah. love it. Last question, and yep. we're gonna wrap this up. What is one piece of advice that you can leave with our listeners to help them along their fitness journey? I'm gonna touch on what we just what we just touched on there, man. You gotta leave that ego at the door. You do. I think that has helped. That has helped me tremendously. Being able to come in here. Leaving that at the door and just tackling these workouts day in, day out to what I feel is an appropriate level. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Austin. Yeah. It's a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun.